I thought, how do I bring info from last week into this week? And it just, in our brain, David and I came up with a solution that at least get your brains going a little bit. Um, but I do encourage you to go online and check out last week's service uh, just to get a feel for the big picture of First John, because in the next few weeks, we're just going to be running right into it. Today, we're uh, jumping into uh, chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. And if you would join me as I read that. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Join me as I pray. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you uh, that we can be together this morning. We thank you that your word is true. We thank you that we can have confidence in it. Father, we thank you for the words that are passed on to us today. And we ask that you would challenge us by it, that you would uh, work in our hearts to examine ourselves, to consider areas in our lives that we need to bring into the light, um, areas in our, li- in our lives where uh, we don't really trust you and honor you as the true light. Um, God, would you just be with uh, us during this time and be glorified in this, uh, this talk we have this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. As I start, I wanted to put up some uh, pictures of light. Uh, this one right here. How many of you, well, probably all of you, have experienced the dawn of a new day? Seen the sun peek over the horizon, the dark sky go from dark a dark black to a dark blue to a light blue to a sunrise before you. I would even say God gave me an illustration this morning at 5.30 when the sun was already in my room and I couldn't get back to sleep so that I'd be better prepared for this message. And how about this, a lightning storm. Have you ever experienced a lightning storm? A lightning storm that illuminated the sky. It was all around you. I went on a road trip a few years ago with a mission team to Mexico, and I remember going through the Dallas area, and there being lightning just all over the place, and it just glorified God. It was scary at the same time as well, but you could see everything around you, and it was awesome. How about the night sky? How many of you uh, love looking at stars? You go outside at night, and you see the dark sky, and then you see all the stars shining above you. How many of you have experienced a meteor shower where um, you get to see the meteors shooting across the sky? It's awesome. And how about this one? Kind of like this morning when I woke up too early, when you have one of those full moons that is like a super moon, and it's so bright, the kids are going crazy, nobody's going to sleep, you know that kind of moon. And finally, this other one here, we have the uh, northern lights. Um, If you've ever experienced that, I remember uh, following high school graduation that summer going for a run with my sister back when running seemed more natural. And uh, I remember we come out of of town around this corner and there it was over this wide open field, the northern lights. And it's hard in those moments not to say there is a God and it's hard not to see how awesome he is in those moments. Now, I'm sure you guys could share, I could have you come up and share cool stories you've had at different places where you've seen light exposed, very cool um, examples of God's light. There's something powerful 
about light. I don't know what it is, but we love light. The fact that I'm up here looking at my Bible and can see the words, that I can look at you guys and see you in the audience, light is powerful. Light is powerful, and we love it. As we look at those, as we looked at those images, I would say that um, they emphasized a few um, characteristics that we all enjoy. Light is beautiful. It's just beautiful. When you see light, it exposes things. It makes things visible. I think of it uh, revealing things. Like, uh, for instance, if I have dirty hands or dirty shirt, um, even this morning I might have some wrinkles on my shirt that you're distracted by. The <laughs> light reveals things. It also eliminates darkness. When the light switch got turned on, even this morning when that sun came up early, it eliminated the darkness. In today's passage, John wants us to understand that God is light and that if you follow him, you will also walk in the light as he is in light. John doesn't want us to be confused, but he wants to make it crystal clear to his fellow believers that light and darkness cannot exist together. With the presence of light, the darkness is exposed. I can't turn on that light, like I said, and have the darkness remain. He wants his readers to understand that God is light, and those who follow him will be filled with light. This is true for the false teachers, the Gnostic believers that he addresses, and it's also true for us today. He declares that we are liars and that the truth is not in us if we claim that we can have a separation between the God of light and our actions, many of which may have, maybe have not been exposed to the light. John starts by declaring that God is light. But what does it mean that God is light? John wants us to understand that he, in the, at this stage, as he's sharing these things, he is the messenger of the king, declaring the truths that God has declared already for us. As we look at your Bibles, as you sneak into your word, you'll see that it starts Genesis 1-3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Then it goes through the chapters throughout the Bible, declaring God's light, starting in Exodus as a fire that led the Israelites through the wilderness to a light that illuminates, um, that radiates, a face that radiates light. It's a light that eliminates darkness and has no darkness at all. And then it finishes with Revelation 22 when it declares, see if it's up here for me, and there will no longer be any night and they will have no need of the light of the lamp nor the light of the sun because the Lord God will illuminate them and they will reign forever and ever. Isn't that an awesome promise? For those of us who are walking in the light or have chosen the light, to see that truth someday will be remarkable. It'll be remarkable. It's throughout the word of God and it's no accident that it's throughout the word. A moment ago I discussed that the light illuminates, it reveals, and it eliminates darkness. God carries those characteristics, but he also carries the uh, characteristics of light in a spiritual sense. God is holy, God is gracious, he's glorious, radiant, beautiful. He's full of wonder, he's righteous. He's truth, pure, sinless, no darkness, 
at all. God is so separate from us. We know that even this morning, many of us have already tripped up and screwed up and been separate from God's holiness. God is awesome, and he is light. And then ultimately, God is the light of the world. Jason mentioned this last week, and I can't help but mention it again. John 1, 1 through 5, when it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Again, we see it in John 9. Jesus said, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And then again in John 8, it says, then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He repeats that same thing in our passage today in verse six, when he says, if you say you have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. What are these verses saying to us? Our spirit and our bodies are not separate. Our bodies, our words, our actions reflect our inner belief, our belief in God. Our actions reflect that belief. This verse does have the tendency, though, for us to feel like, um, is it saying that we must be perfect to follow Jesus Christ? Let me reread the verse for you again, and then we'll discuss a little bit. Verse 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. As believers, we are going to fall. But he is talking about walking in sin, a pursuit of sin. So let's take a look at it. Let's look at what it looks like to walk in light, and let's take a look and see what it looks like to walk in darkness. Let's start by walking in the light. John is saying you can't love God and then do things that go against that love. I always think, uh, obvious example, if I love my wife and, I, and I'm going to treat her well, okay? If I love my wife, I'm going to try to honor my wife, I'm try, going to try to be obedient to the covenant that I've made with her. That is basically what this is saying. Um, John makes it so crystal clear, the difference between darkness and light, and what it means to love God and what it doesn't in this passage. We, he, we know, God knows we love him if we seek to be in the light as he is in the light, or should I say when we walk in the light as he is in the light. Your actions represent your heart. John is declaring that if we have fellowship with God, we will only walk in light. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you put your trust in Jesus, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit and he will help you walk in the light. He will guide you in that process. Walking in light looks like this, Ephesians uh, 5. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of, light, of the light consists of all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. 
for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. That's an awesome passage that, I, that could sum up this whole talk as well. But let me just um, expand a, li a little bit on this idea of walking in the light. If we're walking in the light as this verse and as our verse today has said and throughout the word of God says, we are going to pursue holiness. We are to pursue holiness as he is holy. We should be aiming to be pure, to be clean. It should be our desire to pursue righteousness and God's holiness. And I intentionally don't pursue darkness. I make sure that I'm not pursuing darkness. When I walk in the light, I understand who I am in Christ and I live it out. If I, if I understand that I am declared clear, clean and righteous because Jesus' righteousness is placed on me, I will walk in that way. I will walk free. I will not be burdened by sin and darkness in my life, but I will walk free knowing that I am Christ's, um, I am his ambassador, I am loved by God, I am declared righteous. Sin is not my master, but when I fall, I understand that I have an, an intercessor in heaven who is interceding on my behalf. And when I fall, I get back up. I take it to God, I take care of it, and I move forward in the light knowing that I'm a child of God. I illuminate God. My life illuminates God. People see God because I'm walking in the light. I use his words as a light unto my path. As uh, Psalm 119 states, thy word is a light unto my path. I have an ongoing sense of needing forgiveness and being forgiven. I understand who God is, is basically what that's saying. I understand who God is and who I am not. I am not God. And so I go to him broken and thankful for what he has done for me. I reveal sin in my life and I have it removed. I'm determined to master sin and I'm willing to fight no matter what. If I'm having a sin struggle, I'm in the battle. I don't give in to the sin. I don't say, okay, this is just the new life I have and God's grace will fall on me. No, I say, I'm God's child and I wanna be obedient to God as a guy walking in the light. So Father, help me through that and when I fall, I'm going to reveal those things that are hiding in the darkness. It has brought me great joy over the years. Anytime a student walks into my office or an adult and reveals something that they've been struggling with for years. Have you ever, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to experience that, but when somebody comes to you and confesses, I've been hiding this thing in the darkness over here, that takes, that takes guts, that takes courage, that takes humility, and that's something that, that's someone who wants to be in the fight, and that's encouraging. For myself, even, in my own life, I have had to confess darkness to friends and bring accountability around myself all the time to make sure that I can continue to walk in the light and be obedient to God. If you are walking in the light, if you are walking in the light, your actions, your choices, your life will point to God and his glory. Do you know anyone that's walking in the light? I can look out here right now, I'm looking all over the place and I see light all over the place. It's so encouraging for us who are walking in the light to see other people that are walking in the light. 
because it helps us press on. It helps us know we're not alone in this walk. We're not the only one trying to be obedient to God. So thank you for you guys' witness in this walk of the, walking in the light. There's nothing better. It's so encouraging, especially when many of us, if sin sneaks in, we want to separate. We want to stay in the darkness sometimes, and to know that there's other people in the battle, it's huge. So thank you for that. And I, want to, I definitely want to affirm you in that. Continue in the race. And the prayer we said for our seniors today, we just ask that, God, that you would continue to walk with God and trust in him and continue to glorify him as you walk in the light. We pray that over all of you. You are accepted, you're significant, and you're secure because you're walking in the light. So keep it up, keep it up. Now let's take a look at walking in the darkness. Let me start by defining what darkness is. Absence or deficiency of light, wickedness and evil, lack of knowledge and enlightenment, and a lack of sight. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt darkness, where it felt dark, when you really felt like I have no sight, I'm absent of light, there's evil around me? Have you ever been in that place? I was thinking back over some of my experience in life, and there was a time I was on a mission trip 10 years or so ago, and I remember we had a couple students that had been engaging in some, uh, some dark spirituality stuff prior to the trip, and it kind of got brought with on the trip, and it had a huge impact on our team, and I remember that week, it just seemed like it would just seem, no matter what, kept, it just kept coming up that there was darkness here, and I remember counting the hours, the days, till that trip was over. Um, I remember feeling the dark. The, the last night of the trip, I remember a student coming to me and waking me up and saying, hey, can you walk me to the bathroom? And even I, um, obviously I was the adult leader, so I didn't get a choice. I had to walk to the, the student to the, to the bathroom. But I remember feeling the dark and not wanting to walk to the bathroom. And I remember coming back from the, uh, that walk and laying in bed and just feeling the darkness. It was heavy. It was all around us, and I, could, I just couldn't fall back to sleep, and I remember just waiting for the light of morning. For many of us, when we think of darkness, we think of that. I think of other times in my life where um, I enjoyed the darkness. I don't know about many of you, but it was kind of fun to sneak around and do things you shouldn't. You know, as a, I specifically think as a kid, I was really good at living in the darkness and enjoying it, stealing things looking at things I shouldn't, those types of things, and, and kind of finding pleasure in the darkness. So there's this weight of the two worlds of it. Now let's take a look a little closer since I've shared a couple quick examples. I just want to talk to you quick about what it looks like to walk in the darkness. And let's remember that John uh, here is speaking to individuals who claim to be in relationship with God. They claim to be in right standing with him. I feel that John's letter, once again, speaks right to many of us in this room. Uh, for some of us, it's an encouragement of where we're at, and for some of us, I'm hoping that it convicts us of where our hearts are at, not only in this room, but in our country and in our world. We proclaim to believe and love that we have a love for God, but our actions are much like the Gnostics. We believe that we are spiritually covered and secure, but our actions don't reflect it. We pursue the darkness. We do what we want. 
We make excuses and justify our behavior. We have an un unlimited get out of hell free card that we just lay down all the time. I can do whatever I want and someday I'll be forgiven because I accepted Jesus when I was five years old. You know, th that kind of thing. Rather than pursuing God. God uh, John is saying through in this verse, and he makes it very clear that it's about your walk, your daily walk with Christ. He's not referring to the random sins. It's an ongoing action, a repeat action intentionally moving a certain way. Commentator David L. Allen uh, puts, uh, puts it this way, the word walk expresses the notion of behavior, conduct, and lifestyle. To walk in darkness is the opposite of walking in the light. The tense of the verb walk is present and conveys habitual lifestyle. You cannot walk in the darkness and be practicing the truth at the same time. Common sense says I can't be walking that way and going that way at the same time. And that's what he's saying here. There are many examples of what it would look like to be walking in the darkness. I'm just gonna touch a few, and I think I mainly was thinking of this as I thought of students. My wife would say, don't use too many examples, they already know, but when it comes to, to myself, and I think the younger generation, sometimes we need to understand what does it really look like for me to be walking in darkness because we live in a world where there's a lot of gray area. And so I do want to use a couple of these. Um, an example where we come up with these excuses and we think it's okay to walk in the darkness, I can continue to look at pornography. It's just, my, it's just me. It's not affecting anybody else. I can use substances or drink for my comfort. It comforts me, so I need to do this on a regular basis. I can listen to whatever music I, I want or watch whatever I want because it's, you know, I really enjoy the beat and so those, those lyrics aren't gonna impact me. I can, um, I can have sex outside of the marriage covenant. I can fool around in those areas. I'm not, ta I'm not taking the Lord's name in vain if I say OMG. That's one of my favorites. Um, I can... I can cheat and steal, I can gossip and slander people. Walking in darkness is a continual pursuit for desire, um, regardless, for our own personal desire, regardless of what God's desire is for our lives. Many of these things we, we try to keep in darkness, we don't want them exposed to anybody. We do them in the dark, we steal when no one is around, we watch inappropriate stuff, on our devices after everyone is in bed, behind closed doors. We don't tell anybody about our addictions to porn, alcohol, self-harm. And what happens when we walk in the darkness, it all points to me and my satisfaction. Where when we walk in the light, it's talking about pursuing God and his glory. When we walk in the darkness, it's about me. It's about me. We need to remember that just because the world accepts behavior doesn't mean that God does. Stole this quote from Gail uh, Stanghelly this week on Facebook. Uh, it says, a lie doesn't become true, wrong doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good just because it's accepted by the majority. What a great, what a great resource, thank you. And another one here from commentator Stephen Smalley, it states, living habitually in darkness implies a determination to choose sin rather than God as one's constant sphere of existence. If we say we believe and have accepted Jesus um, into our lives, but walk in darkness, the Bible has said, and we've read it already today, but it says we are liars, we break fellowship with God, we build a wall between us and God, our Savior, 
We break fellowship with fellow believers. And what's interesting about that is uh, when we do that and we serve alongside of each other, we may never even know the impact that our darkness has had on the bigger picture of God's ministry as fellow believers in the church. Um, our salvation is in question. You know, when we're in a habitual sin or in darkness, there's that idea of, oh, maybe there isn't, you know, some of the things we were, had a solid foundation in, some of those things we had confidence in at one point in our life all of a sudden become in question. Does God even exist? Have I been saved? Was my salvation uh, legit? Am I secure? We start having these things where when we walk in the light, we don't have to ask those questions. And we have a father who loves us. He's called you child. If you've committed to Jesus and you're walking in the dark right now, we have a father who's coming for you and he will do what it takes to discipline his children to bring them back in a right relationship with him. And that is a great promise. But I don't, don't wanna be on the other end of that. So let's try not to walk in the darkness, but to walk in the light. We must choose to walk in the light. Our enemy Satan loves when darkness becomes a gray area and believers walk blindly down that road. We are called to walk in light and as we do, we not only walk, but we also reflect God's light. This is a photo from 2006 when I was up at Mirror Lake. Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, I stole this off the internet. Um, this is um, <laughs> Mount Hood in Mirror Lake in Oregon. And as you can see from that picture, it looks like almost a perfect reflection of God. When we walk with God, we slowly become more and more and more like him. And our reflection becomes clearer and clearer. And people have the opportunity to see God. Let's go to the next picture. Same mountain, different location. Um, when we walk in the darkness, even as believers, you still can see the light kind of coming through but because of our darkness, there is no reflection, and even God's light is faded behind um, what's going on there. First John 1, 7 states, but if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' son cleanses us from all sin. God wants to use you, and he wants to reflect his glory to bring others to himself. When you're walking in the light, he will use you in the lives of others. He will use you. And the reality is, for many of us, we will not have any idea how he's using us. As you walk through the light, people are watching. Uh, three ways that uh, God does this uh, that I wanted to touch on today is fellowship. Uh, Pastor Jason mentioned this last week, uh, this koinon idea of koinonia, which means fellowship. What koinonia means is a deeper relationship, uh, deeper sharing of things in common. When we walk in the light, we have a deeper bond with fellow believers. There's nothing in the way. There's no sin in the way. You can have full fellowship with each other. When we walk in the light, we start coming alongside each other. I just mentioned some of the things that, that happen in darkness. When our fellow brother or sister falls, we have the ability to come alongside and help lift them up. When they bring their sin into the light, we have the opportunity to be there as an accountability to them, to help them in their journey. True fellowship goes deeper than just talking about fantasy football or you know, Green Bay Packers are fun to talk about, don't get me wrong, I like it. Um, 
But a deeper relationship, you're going deeper into, those, in, into the well of their hearts. Along with that, uh, meeting fellow believers, um, no matter how distant apart, maybe some of you have experienced this, can create an con- uh, instant bond. When you run into somebody else who's a believer from somewhere else in the world, somewhere else in the country, even somewhere else in the community. I remember I had a friend in high school, her name was Sarah, and we went through high school um, our whole lives as just normal people doing our thing. But in college, one day we realized I had, I had recommitted my life to Christ, she was walking with the Lord, and all of a sudden there was this extra bond. Man, in high school we never talked about any of this stuff, and I remember her saying, this is awesome to be at this intervarsity gathering singing praise songs together. It, it was an instant bond on a different level, super awesome. And I'm sure many of you have had experiences like that. Along with fellowship, um, God works in our hearts to reflect his light through forgiveness. Jesus' blood cleanses us all from our sins. And not just some sins, all of our sin. It says here in that verse seven, all of our sin, past, present, future. When you're walking in the light and you've accepted God's light, he is at work in you. And because he has died and rose again in physical body, you, can, you are forgiven of your sins. His righteousness covers your unrighteousness. And as we walk in the light, we will become more and more like him. Sancti- we'll be sanctified or transformed. And what in, in turn we can do and how God will use it to reflect on other people or impact others is now you can go and forgive other people that have harmed you because you know what forgiveness means and you knew how much you needed the forgiveness. And now you can pass that on and you can show mercy to people that need mercy because you have been shown mercy. Finally, the third um, impact in our relationships with others here is the actual word impact. I reflect God's glory to those in the darkness. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, you are the light of the world. The city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. When I walk in the darkness, I have no testimony. When I walk in the light, I have an impact on others. As I close today, how am I doing? Oh, I'm down the third, uh, I went overtime. I usually am the short guy. Sorry, guys. Um, (laughs) As I close, God is light. You have to make a choice. Go to him on his level or bring him down to our level. Abundant life or temporary pleasure. We can't have it both ways. For those of you pursuing Christ, once again, I just want to Uh, encourage you uh, to continue to just walk in the light and down that path, and may God bless you and use you for his glory. For those of us in here hearing this message today and are feeling God tug at your heart, and I hope he is, you may have been walking in the darkness, but you can start walking toward God right now. Change course today. I'll finalize my talk with this quote from C.S. Lewis that says, You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for being present with us today, and we thank you so much for your word, and I thank you so much that you love us, and that you you want us to come in the light for our benefit, 
not to harm us, not to take all the fun out of life, but that you want us to have an abundant life. Father, thank you that you've given us the greatest light so that we have the ability to walk in the light. God, go with this congregation today, these fellow believers, and encourage them and be at work in all of our hearts that you could be glorified. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.